Are you troubled by pop culture references you don't understand? Does trying to figure out a good jumping on point in a long-running comic series keep you up at night? Have you or your friends or family seen a comic book-based movie, TV show, or cartoon and not known what was going on? If the answer is yes, then this is the podcast for you. My Big Fat Pull List. Our assembly of knowledgeable hosts are eager to help answer all your comic book-based pop culture questions. We're ready to geek out with you. Alternate realities. Parallel universes. Infinite multiverses. These things have become a staple of the modern-day superhero comic book story. With series like DC Elseworlds and Marvel's What If, readers get the opportunity to see their favorite heroes, stories, and events play out differently than they had seen before. Questions can be asked, such as, What if Mr. X had never read an X-Man comic? What if Pistol Danger had become a pacifist? Or, What if Smurfy had joined the military? Join the geeks as they get a visit from Dr. Impact and dive into a few of the multiple worlds along the cosmic interdimensional highway during Elseworlds and What Ifs, here on my big fat pull list. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to my big fat pull list. I am one of your hosts, Mr. X. Across the table from me tonight, we've got... Pistol Danger. Smurfy. And the illustrious... Dr. Impact. First official episode on the podcast. Welcome, Dr. Impact. Thanks for having me. First first regular there. season episode, first I guess. First regular right? season, yeah. yes. You were teased in our giant size yeah. annual. So for the collectors out there, the first appearance is actually in the giant in size annual. In the giant annual. size annual, first appearance, Dr. Impact. Look it up. One of the few that matters nowadays. Sorry. That's right. Our it's true. annuals will matter. To us. <laughs> and hopefully to you. And maybe one or two <laughs> listeners. Today, I'm I'm super excited about this episode because it deals with, uh, well, what ifs and, and, and other timelines and other universes. These comic books, the what ifs from Marvel and the Elseworlds from DC, allow us as readers to finally get those, those questions answered. You know, what if Spider-Man had joined... The Fantastic Four. Or what if Superman's pod had landed in Mother Russia? My God, is that a thing? These are huge questions that fanboys have, and thankfully, they have answers. And we're going to get to those on this episode of My Big Fat Pull List. DC presents Imaginary Stories. We're all big comic fans, obviously, which is why we're here. We've probably all read What Ifs and Elseworlds and, and that such. I've got a couple of yeah. right over there. Best one. In trying to, to figure all of this stuff out, I discovered that these things actually started back in the 40s. Really? Yeah. I wasn't um, even born back then. No, none of us were, even me. The alternate reality, you know, imaginary stories idea, the What Ifs and Elseworlds, actually starts in 1942 with Superman number 19. They did a, a story in Superman number 19 called Superman Matinee Idol. And you guys have seen the old Max Fleischer cartoons, right? Yes. In this story, apparently, it is a world where there are actually Max Fleischer Superman cartoons. And Lois decides, well, this is a perfect opportunity to find out 
Superman's secret identity. I'll go to the movies and watch these cartoons, and eventually I'll see what his secret identity Genius. is. Genius. Right. It's, that's brilliant d- detective and reporting work, right? Yeah, there. that's that's that 1942 brilliant writing for you. I think she's Batman. I think so, <laughs> yeah. Batwoman. 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 Yeah. Batwoman. Yes. Come on. Please, don't sorry. assume. PC world. Whoa. Sorry, we get guys. enough mail about pistol as it is. Bat person. <laughs> Bat person, Bat, please. Bat person. There Bat you person. go. There you go. So basically, it opens with Lois determining to, to find Superman's secret identity. So she goes to the theater and watches the Mad Scientist cartoon. While she is there, Clark goes with her, and he starts to wonder if people are maybe clairvoyant or something, and how do they know that he is Superman? And eventually, you know, it all gets thrown out as, oh, well, this is just fiction, and and we've all made this up for interesting stories, and of course it ends with Superman, you know, winking at the last panel. So that's actually the where What Ifs and Elseworlds starts, is right there in, in Superman number 19. Now okay. that story was later reprinted, I found out, in Superman 183 in 1966 under a different title. And this time it was called Superman Cartoon Hero. Hmm. When it was reprinted in this issue, it had a new blurb that was put on on the top. It was like this big yellow circle that says, our very first imaginary story. And that's, yeah. Okay. Retconning real life. Retconning all the way back then, yeah. Okay. So, so that's where they coined the phrase imaginary stories, is with that. And DC decided to do quite a few. If you, if you look it up, there's actually a ton of what DC called imaginary stories. Mm. And they, apparently that was an actual term that was used at the time, was imaginary stories. There were Batman, Superman, World's Finest. And then I think there were one or two in like Flash and Aquaman and things like that that used the same kind of story techniques as an imaginary story would use, but aren't necessarily typically imaginary stories. The thing that is most interesting, you you guys have read What Ifs, right? Absolutely. Hostess pastries, love them. Well, the... (laughs) What Ifs pastries? Yeah, the Hostess pastry comics. (laughs) One page. Oh, yes, that's right. I guess that's technically a what if, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because that technically means meatloaf is a part of the Marvel Universe. Well, it can be somewhere in, you know, some... Alternate reality, yeah. No, the the imaginary stories in their ideas they were they had a term back then called gyps. They didn't want these stories to be gyps. And what a gyp was is exactly what you think, like you're getting gypped out of something. This story doesn't mean anything. No, well, that's these stories do is what they're saying. The gyps are things where it's it's rewriting history or somebody gets turned into a monkey and then by the end of it they go back in time and change things and now that person never got turned into a monkey or whatever the hell the crazy story is these things end up not actually happening because they are dreams or they change history those are imaginary stories they're gyps those are gyps early flashpoints sort of these were not gyps these were self-contained stories they just didn't happen within the continuity whatever loose continuity DC Comics had at the time and it allowed them to tell stories that would kind of push the boundaries a little bit. And they could, uh, you know, they could let evil win in these imaginary stories. And as long as they put the imaginary story thing on it, they didn't get slapped by comics code or censors or anything like that because they were not part of regular comics. Yeah, yeah they were not like main canon is what's real, but other continuity, whew, that's, that, that's open to interpretation. Right, right. So it, it, Silly. It, 
it starts back then. Not quite as interesting as some of the ones that we had later, but, you know. True. Yeah. You also have to realize back then there weren't as many comic books being published. or I, sh- I There were a lot of comics being published, not titles being published. It's certainly not a lot of superhero right. stuff. It, not, um, not like it is today. Yeah. And I would argue that there were less superheroes because they were more focused in at the time on who they had rather than throwing spider Gwens and uh, Gwenpools and Gwenums against the wall. Do you have like a beef against Spider Gwen and Gwenpool and actually, Gwenum? And <laughs> don't open the do, can do you have a problem with Gwen? Do we don't, need, do we nope. need do to have, have a conversation? To, okay. Yeah, okay, is there something? On. What did Gwen Stacy ever do to you, Pistol? That she died on me. Oh, okay. <laughs> she hasn't quit her life. Uh, well, I have a died. book for you. We will talk about later. <laughs> actually, oh, really? oh, yes. Foreshadowing, you say? <laughs> Foreshadowing. I mean, Wolva Gwen is the best book so far. She didn't die. She was killed. Thank you very much. Death comes to all of us. How you determine it and how you define it doesn't matter. It's a permanent seizure of life. What? I think you just blew Smurfy's brain. I, That's I not can, hard. Shut down. No, I can give him a balloon and it's yep. the same thing. Shut blew down. something. Yep. I'm going to restart. I it's love it when somebody can come on, whether it be one of us or a guest host like we have with Dr. Impact here. I love it when somebody can teach us something right not only just the listeners but actually teach us something i find this very fascinating i want to know more i've got lots of knowledge to drop on you in fact even more stuff about the imaginary stories era some of that stuff is has stories that you guys probably know from i don't know when everybody started reading and getting into comics but um you guys all know the Superman red, Superman blue stuff from the 90s, right? Yeah. When he was the two electrical... When he, yeah, the two electrical beans. Right, right. Really stupid. That actually felt stupid because it's actually an idea from the early 60s. When you think of it that way, taking an old idea from the early 60s and translating it to what was then modern day, it was actually pretty, pretty brilliant writing on their part. But the idea actually originates in a story, a one-issue story called Superman red, Superman blue... In Superman number 162 in 1963, which was, here, here's a name for you. I've never heard of this guy's name before. Maybe that's a shame on me. I don't know. But written by a man named Leo Dorfman with art by the legendary Kurt Swan. Ah, well, I know Swan. So, um, and in this story, you know, Superman, he, he has to try to, he needs to finish everything that he wants to take care of in the world, but there's just not enough time. And so he, he wants to particularly help the the bottle city candor and enlarge them and so in order to do all of this he uses uh this machine that will i I forget what kind of kryptonite it uses but it's various i don't know polka dotted purple clear kryptonite or something i don't know that powers this machine that's supposed to give him the ability to do all this and what it does is it splits him into two beings one in a fully red suit and one in a fully blue suit so it's a really really is that it from what I understand, that's exactly it. I've never the same dude. Except yes. one suit is red, all yes. red, and one suit is all. And there's blue. just there's two Supermans that can that can take they, care of things. Are they electricity based? No. Okay. That was no. something that was added. That was something in the nineties storyline. Yeah. So if you can th- if you think about it, the nineties storyline is kind of a remake. I mean, yeah. I, I know that they don't do. I mean, I guess they're starting to do a few more remakes now in comics. But remake is kind of a weird term in comics. Right. So yeah. the electric blue Superman and electric red Superman. That's kind of a remake. Of, of an imaginary story. Oh. Um, can't spell remake without lazy, so yeah. <laughs> in in most cases. 
Yeah, they had all kinds of imaginary stories, though. There were um, there were things like uh, Superman and Batman brothers. In this, okay. Im- yeah, in this imaginary story, John and and Martha Kent are taken taken aback by the news of of the recently orphaned Bruce Wayne, and so they adopt him. And yeah, he's, the poor yes country folk adopt, adopt the, the millionaire, millionaire child from Gotham City. It doesn't matter they're not anywhere located near each other. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, but no, that's cool. Like oh, well, hey, it yeah, depends. We'll that depends on what reality you're talking yeah, about. Some of them they're very world. close. And in this one, the that's Kents true. are hashtag blessed. No, right. <laughs> yeah. So so. Clark and Bruce grow up together and become Batman and Superman together as crime-fighting adopted stepbrothers of sorts. I get the top bunk. Is Bruce actually still a millionaire in this? Like, he is. Okay. He is. In fact, but from the, from what I found, so the Kents aren't millionaires. Bruce, but is. Bruce is. Bruce has the money, and they're he's, like, "Hey, humble boy, here's your oats." And he's like, "No, no, no. <laughs> I have my my lunch catered." Yeah. <laughs> Alfred, please. Right. In, in fact, <laughs> what? what what I have learned is that he brings the after a number of years, he brings the family to live at Wayne Manor. He's like, "We're not living on this farm anymore. We're going to go live at my house." What if Paul and Paul Kent would never, never leave? The farm. This this story has is Swiss cheese. There's just holes well, everywhere. Well, y- yeah. Well, what? and then the end. Keep in mind, this is 1967, so this is a pretty crazy ending. The end of the story. Martha and Jonathan Kent are murdered by Lex Luthor. <laughs> like it turns dark. Like what? it's like on a page. It's like one, everything is fine, and then you turn a page, and it's dark. It and makes, it makes sense. I see. I get it. D- nope. No. Nope. Nope. Um, and then, and then Batman then decides he's going to take revenge, uh, and he tries to murder murder Lex. And uh, I have yet to be able to discover what the ending is because I don't actually own the issue. I don't know how it how it pans out. But I guess Superman has to stop Batman from murdering Lex Luthor. Well, at that point in time, yeah, it would be the whole moral thing. No, you I, can't. I would assume. Yeah, you can't murder him, br- brother Bruce. Killing yeah. bad, brother Bruce. No kill, brother, brother Bruce. Bruce. Isn't brother that a Disney Bruce. movie? I don't know. Brother Bear. Oh. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Close. <laughs> oh, you got it. That's it. Brother Bear. Hey. Okay. Yeah, he's correct. All Good right. job, Smurfy. <laughs> Trivia. So, yeah, there, there's about, you know, 20 or so, maybe 30 or so uh, of these imaginary stories that exist out there from D.C. from that time period. Well, now, correct me if I'm wrong. And he will. But wasn't, especially back then, leading up into the late 70s, early 80s, wasn't the fact that DC's continuity was so hard to understand because of all of these imaginary stories that one of the greatest comic book stories ever written came about? In a sense, uh, yeah, sort of. I mean, they things were not necessarily confusing just because of the imaginary stories. Like, if you had just your regular continuity and then these side imaginary stories, that would be one thing. But... At the same time, they also created their multiverse with Earth 2 and Earth 3 and Earth X and Earth P and Earth 3.4 and whatever. Earth squiggly line. And with all of these characters intersecting and jumping from universe to universe and going which way or this or that way, on top of the fact that there are these imaginary stories, that was confusing enough. As the lead up, the, the five to ten year lead up to Crisis was heating up. Yeah and they knew that they were going to have to do something to clean things, they started retconning again and incorporating these imaginary stories into actual continuity oh, and, and giving, so them, did happen. giving them multiverse number designations. Oh. Okay. So Surprise. These, 
yeah, so so suddenly these imaginary stories that don't mean anything, now they suddenly do, and they're connected, and you might see one in the background of a panel of Crisis or something. Mm. And then, yes, of course, they did they did Crisis and kind of used that to redo the entire company, and it was at that time that they did their last imaginary story, and it does it is actually an official imaginary story, the famous Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow mm, by okay. Alan Moore mm. and... Kurt Swan. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Swan did the uh, the Superman Batman Brothers too. He was kind of the Jack Kirby of Superman. So yeah. So the whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow? Which I don't know if you guys have ever read it. It's amazing. I don't know if you're Alan Moore fans or not. I I tend to kind of. I don't think he's necessarily overrated, but um, he's, right he's where rated. He should be. He's I, rated. I, I, yeah. Where he I don't know be. that he's well. I don't know that he's quite as. I don't love him quite as much as most people do. Having said that, I've never read a bad book by Alan Moore. Mm-hmm. And whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow, I think is one of his five best. Okay. It's a it's a two issue story, and it basically what it did was it kind of ended the Superman run of stories up till that point before the the relaunch that hit with John Byrne and Man of Steel, and so that that kind of is where alternate what ifs and Elseworlds starts is that that bracket of time of imaginary stories, which really even though they did whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow in the eighties, it really just kind of ran in that 50s to early 70s time period, and allowed writers to do something a little bit different. Marvel fans ask, what if? So with the introduction of Marvel uh, in the early 60s, and keep in mind that at the same time Imaginary Stories is going on, Marvel obviously revolutionizes the game of comics completely, and they, starting with Fantastic Four number one, they end up bringing in a much more cohesive, collected continuity. If Spider-Man guest stars in Fantastic Four, at the end, he swings off and says, oh, I got to go take care of whatever. And in the next issue of Spider-Man that comes out, he may make reference to, oh, that time I was at the Fantastic Four. That was a fun mission with Brickhead and Flame Guy. Yeah, right. And the, <laughs> the living wall? Brickhead, Brickhead and, and Flame Guy. Did you mean the living wall? No, I meant the thing and the human torch. How did you not get that? Because he, he just had an adventure with the Fantastic Four. The thing is made of orange rock, like a brick. Like a brick. Brick Like an orange brick. fire everywhere, including his head. Flame fire, head. yeah. There you go. All right, well, Pistol figures out that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what this did is this created that that hardcore Marvel fan, also known as a Marvel zombie. Derogatory, but I, 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 I'm actually, I'm, a, I'm, I'm actually a little <laughs> that's, that's actually what That's actually what they called them in the, that first 10 years worth of comics. When you go back and you look through, they talk about the Marvel zombies. Those are, those are Marvel fans. The um, diehard Marvel fans that lived and died by the continuity were yep. called Marvel zombies. Which, is, which is where that, that term comes like, from. Hey, Marvel sluts. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a hardcore Marvel zombie then because... Evidently. Hey, nerds and losers of Marvel, (laughs) what are you reading? What this hardcore continuity did was it it really allowed fans and creators to start asking that question of what if. You didn't have just, oh, this imaginary story where Superman splits into two beings. That's cool. This is more of what if the spider did not bite Spider-Man? What if certain events in this very intricate and connected continuity happened differently? Mm, yeah. Which, which is a deviation from what DC was doing with the imaginary stories. This, this actually plays on the stuff that you've read and learned and 
and become a part of as a fan. And it really it really serviced the fans. Yeah, it's, basically it's how does this one tiny or most of the time significant event change everything you know about this universe? Like what if Uncle Ben lived? What exactly. If, yeah, exactly. What if Peter as Parker built to... that bit thousands of spiders. Well, yes. Sure. What if? Sure. I what mean, if? you can, you can... men. Spiders, spiders, men. Yeah, you can ask any what if questions you want. I mean, that was the that was the thing about it. So, when they came around, they they finally started publishing actual what if books in 1977. Obviously, we have all read various what if books. I'm sure a lot of fans out there have bought various issues here and there. The what if series has actually run 13 volumes. Jeez, over the years since 1977 in various forms. Okay. The first volume, uh, I don't know for sure, but I, I want to say the first volume ran like 48 issues, 49 issues, something like that, and then had a, a one-shot, almost like an annual special. Hmm. And that started, ironically, you brought this up earlier, that started with What If Spider-Man Had Joined the Fantastic Four. That is the first Marvel What If. And it does play off of Amazing Spider-Man number one. When mm. Spider-Man goes and auditions for the FF and they tell him, well, we're Fantastic Four and we're a family and we don't pay anything. And he's like, all right, find him out. Well, in this, he goes and, and auditions and and they end up taking him in. They end up agreeing to bring him in and they are no longer the Fantastic Four. They are now the Fantastic Five. And then it pretty much plays out with all the major stories for the first year of both Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four, only... Instead of Spider-Man going up against the Lizard, it's all five of them. I, I was about to say, I can't imagine this going well for any of the any spider of the <laughs> or, or any of the F. I mean, you, yeah. you've got you've right. got the top guys of the time. Oh, Mysterio is so screwed. <laughs> well, this oh, yeah. God. <laughs> this ends up leading up to Namor. Okay, and uh, you know you have that whole confrontation with Namor and the uh, Fantastic Five and all that, and and Sue gets kidnapped. Yes. By Namor. Abducted. Sexually harassed. That's a Namor. By today. By keeping it current. Wow. Keeping it current. Keeping it PC. Because she's just straight up taken away by this hunky guy from the seven seas. Only wearing his underwear. Yes. Only wearing his underwear. And wings on his feet. And she, she agrees to stay there because she feels she's being upstaged by Spider-Man. Okay, well, that's yeah. stupid. So, <laughs> hey, I didn't hey, write it. I hey, just did the research. Calm down, Pistol. <laughs> Don't be so mad about it. Sure the guy who can sling webs versus a woman who can close your uh, throat with just a, just a little bit of a thought. She's pretty forceful. And give, give him a break. It's the first what if. You know, they had a few uh, bugs to work out. Still, Ooh, Spider-Man. Stupid. I don't like you, Spider-Man. I'm stay here. Meh. Spider-Man's right. more popular than me. Meh. Brush my hair under the sea. Yeah, so she becomes, she goes through like some sort of transformation and becomes a, um, an part Atlantean. Atlantean? Mm-hmm. Yep, she becomes part Atlantean. And Sue Storm, you whore! Time out. I thought we were how going to where she turns into the dominatrix. If she's invisible, how could you see her? How do you know that for a fact? She's not invisible all the well, time, Smurfy. Hmm. She can go back and hmm. forth. Fair enough. It's a choice. Good. Oh, now it's a choice. I see. It's, hmm. it's always a choice. You always have a choice, listeners. Always. 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 So yeah, so that's volume one. Volume one had a lot of stories like that, they, and it was a little creaky. Volume two is the stuff that we probably all grew up with. I I think <laughs> I had the majority of volume two for quite a while. They were those were the ones that had the most interesting stories for me. Yeah, and and volume two, what they did was they kind of took stories from the original 
series even and kind of expanded them and and changed them. The other thing they did is they would make two or three part issue stories. Mm. They would drag things out. There was more continuity to to touch upon to play with. Unlike some of that earlier stuff, you're you're limited to what you could do with volume one and volume two. The skies were the limit. All the care, all the all the major characters were pretty much introduced by then. Well, yeah, I mean, it didn't start until like eighty eight or eighty nine, somewhere around there. So yeah. you already, I mean, you had twenty, almost twenty five years worth of you know of what if possibilities of possibilities, right? And they also gave you multiple endings in some of them. Oh, that's um, fun. You know, there there were some that that had you know. Almost like Clue, like that's how it ended, or it could have ended like this. Or, yeah, if you didn't like that one, how about this? It just didn't have Tim Curry running down the hall and you know, yelling at people. So, what other things did the What If line of comics give us? Well, the What If books also ended up giving us things that you see now in in comics today. It, Mr. X, I believe you are reading Spider Geddon. Yes, currently reading Spider-Man. Currently, currently One of reading two Spider-Gen. people at the table. Um, I was going to say, Smurfy, uh, Pistol, do you guys read Spider-Gen? Did you read Spider-Verse? Do you read any of that stuff? Uh, yes, I actually did read Spider-Verse, Intro to Spider-Verse. I'm catching up on Intro to Spider-Geddon, and waiting for me at the comic shop would be Spider-Verse. If you are reading Spider-Geddon, or if you've read Spider-Verse, you know the character of Spider-Girl, who shows up quite a bit. Spider-Girl actually premiered in a what-if there was a what if uh, issue 105 from volume 2 where peter and mary had a, a daughter and she became spider girl and and what that did was that ended up kicking off the mc2 line so it was a whole separate alternate reality line yeah i, mean, I remember kid juggernaut in his yeah. plan yeah j2 <laughs> j2, j2. Yeah. Well, yeah because all of their alternate realities were always so dark, dark. they yeah. decided well why don't we do something happy but that's maybe make it to where the heroes actually do make a difference. But the Spider-Man that was dark too, because Peter Parker lost his leg. Am I, or is that wrong? It's a different one. That's one I don't recall. I, I don't know. Daughter, Daughter, Parker. No, he he did. Uh, he lost depending his leg. on I don't which recall. Spider-Man, whichever one. I think she was doing Spider-Man or Spider-Woman. So. I, I believe Smurfy is actually correct on this because there's a, a what else that continues on the story where um, Sp- Spider-Man has lost his leg, and that's why he had to quit Spider-Manning, and that's when May Parker <laughs> takes it up. Well, because the leg and that could be, but the. Like yes, he, like the th- the three and that could be in. Like dangle. That could be in the Spider Girl series because there was a whole series. I mean, she had her own book that spun out of that issue. So oh yeah, right. that stuff could have showed up in that book. I, I don't know. I so, I oh, never yeah. read I just remember it. Remember so. because it was, that was dark to me. That was dark. I was like, damn. Right. That is pretty dark. But yet at the same time, I'm sure it was handled with that same kind of light feel. It that, was. I mean, and what yeah. was it? Avengers next or a next or A-next something? Next a next the, uh, was the what other. They were referring to the Avengers as. And it was it was kind of like the first. Ultimate. It was a, it was a separate line, mm-hmm. but it came out of what if, and then since since that series has ended, what ifs are you know, kind of regulated to events. So every year or two, we'll get another volume, and this you know this volume is what if on Civil War. Or this volume is five issues that do what if of five different planet Hulk or yeah of what could have happened if this happened yeah various during different civil war or planet hall yeah. right yeah. the events or siege yeah. like or... what if civil war was handled by somebody who had a competent writing experience <laughs> oh. oh boy oh that's right he's like i ever have to worry about that coming back to bite me <laughs> <laughs> you don't think mark's gonna listen to this is that i, I talk to mark every now and then oh do you he knows how <laughs> I feel. call marky whatever cool. um, yes the restraining order Really puts an exclamation point on your uh, your friendship. That's not Mark, first of all. 
the fact that you have multiple restraining orders <laughs> among multiple people just Okay, what happened between me and I'm Warren frightened. Ellis was a complete, uh-huh. complete mischaracterization right. of who I am. Did you understand any of it? What? What happened, what happened between, between you and Warren Ellis? Because I've never understood anything from him. <sighs> Let's just say that what uh, what he did with what happened between us launched his career with Next Wave. <laughs> I'll use any chance I can to promote Next Wave. I love that book. <laughs> okay. Next Wave. Okay. <laughs> it's our one per per episode. Yeah, you don't get to mention it again <laughs> until we record again. You've done it. You've done it. One per episode. With characters spawning out of what ifs, were there actual any stories from what ifs that actually came to be in in actual continuity? Yes, there were a number of things that have actually come to pass. Things that if you go back and you look at the old what if books, it was a what if at the time, but now we've had it in continuity. There have been things like, what if Bucky Barnes had become Captain America? Well, well that, we that, saw, that happened. That, that happened. happened. What if the Beast had continued to mutate? What happened? Yeah, that yeah. kept on happening. Yeah. It, it keeps on happening. Keeps it on con- happening. continues to happen. Captain! Um, you know, <laughs> what if Jane Foster had found the Hammer of Thor was well, one of the issues. Yeah. Which, that, what, that five happened. years? Five she years was, she, yeah. she held the hammer. And yeah. Lady Thor. Mm-hmm. And most infamously, and I believe this was part of the very first volume of What Ifs, they actually did a What If Spider-Man's clone had lived. Way before the infamous wow, clone wow, saga. Yeah. Well, so it, it kind of sounds like Marvel's using What Ifs almost as like a testing ground. Oh, it could be. Like, could oh, be. did this Did this? Did they like this well? idea? Let's, yeah, carry on with it. What Spider-Girl, bring thing. her in. Yeah. Right. Oh, they hate it. Uh, Bail. Oh, they love it. Yeah. Continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe bring it in. It's kind of like Secret Wars, where they found what they liked, and then they found a silly reason to bring it into continuity. It, it could be, yeah. I mean, yeah, very yeah. well could could have been, yeah. Listen, Good. Ultimate Mysterio had a portal that connected to the six one six. They could have just easily had Miles go through that and then be done. They just they destroyed worlds just so Miles oh. can swing by Ultimate and maybe give that? a wink and a smile to Spider Gwen. <laughs> Strange new Elseworlds. By the time Crisis had hit, it, What If was going on, and that was fairly successful in the various different things, and that's when DC went to revisit the whole Imaginary Stories idea, and that's where you get Elseworlds. I don't know how you guys feel, even with What Ifs, I think of Elseworlds as the title for alternate reality. Like Whenever I think of things, I always think of it as an Elseworlds first. Mm. I don't know why, it didn't last that long, but... It just seems like such a perfect word for it. Yeah. It blankets yeah. everything. What ifs are Elseworlds. Yeah. It all, you know, it just encapsulates everything. Yeah. They wanted to do, like they did with the imaginary stories, things that would stay completely out of continuity, but be self-contained completely. So unlike Marvel, they wouldn't necessarily play off of particular events and moments that would change. It would just be outside of continuity we can do whatever the hell we want stories right right and this all starts in 1989 with gotham by gaslight ah which is uh uh by brian augustine and mike mignola from hellboy and obviously for those who haven't read it out there it is batman versus jack the ripper jack the ripper moves to gotham after the fifth victim is found in london and he continues to carry out what he's doing there. And of course, once you're done with London, you, you gotta go to, come Gotham. to Gotham City. You gotta go to Gotham. And um, for those of our illiterate fans, it is currently on Blu-ray. 
Oh, that's right, the movie. Yeah, there, I never saw the movie. Actual, there is an actual animated uh, version of the story yeah. now. Yes, yeah. DC DC animated is actually very good. Yeah, that's true. I, I've never seen. It. I really want. I really want to see that. Mm-hmm. Also, ironically, that book was edited by uh, a young man who was starting out in the business at the time, and uh, I think he had done a few things, and he was making his name. So he certainly wasn't unknown, but a young man by the name of Mark Wade oh, wow. was the editor of Gotham by Gaslight, which I find interesting. So yeah, that's technically the first Elseworlds title, although it was retroactively called that. Mm. The first book to actually have the Elseworlds logo on it is Batman Holy Terror in 1991. Now what was that about? The Crusades. Kind of. Really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. yeah, basically. I mean, it's it's Bruce Wayne becomes Batman to fight, uh, you know, corruption in a theocratic world. So it is, okay. it is sort of plays off of off of all of that. Um now I have never read it. Um I don't For know anything about it. For your hoity-toity um, bat readers. Yeah. And that's the that's the very first book to actually have that that Elseworlds logo of the star and the word kind of circling around it. Right. Um yeah. kind of a play off the DC circle and star. From there, Elseworlds became so popular that it ran from the 90s up until 2003. Uh, Jeez, okay. And they stopped doing it. So it didn't re- really run that long. What ifs have been running longer. The Imagined Stories ran longer, but Elseworlds seems to be the title. Uh, it even had a whole series of annuals. I don't know if you guys were collecting in the mid-90s, but uh, 1994, DC did a whole series of Elseworlds annuals. Every book had an annual that was... And Elseworlds. In one of those cases where, as we said before, annuals don't matter, these didn't necessarily matter, but they also weren't necessarily throwaway either because you were getting something different. Right. You were getting a full, complete story. And there are some really crazy ones in there. The one that I like the most for obvious reasons, because I'm such a Western nut, Lobo Annual of that year was called A Fistful of Bastiches. (laughs) <laughs> and it's all assorted Western Lobo oh. stories. Does he run into Jonah Hex? You know, I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've read that. I'm actually going to okay, look um, this up because I love my... That would Lobo. be cool. Lobo be, versus Jonah cool Hex. Crossover. That would be cool. They did a bunch of different things. There was the Flash annual. Wally was crippled and he sells Barry's identity to a film studio or something like that. And... Um, hmm. Seems like a dick move, but all right. it does a little bit. I wonder yeah. how that plays out. One of the most famous ones was the Detective Comics Annual, which is called Leatherwing, and it's Batman as a pirate. Oh wow! I had that toy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They made a toy of it. Mm-hmm. They brought that idea back not too long ago. Yeah. 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 Back when Batman was traveling through time after right? everybody thought that he was dead because yep. Darkseid yeah. killed him with one his eye. Omega beams. He yeah. With one eye, not two. Oh, I, two is death, one oh, is time travel. One is time travel. Oh, hey. one is time travel. Uh, I, that's the way it was in the book. That's why you it. don't want to get winked at right. by Dark Side. Dark Side. He starts flirting with you, you're going to travel through time. A lesson to us all, fellas. <laughs> but you're still going to gonna leave behind a skeleton with your bat costume, mm-hmm. though. Right. You know, that's a thing. Right. I'm sorry. That was rude of me. <laughs> you can tell how, how jaded I am of. Pre Flashpoint yeah. silliness, silliness mm-hmm. in in DC. A lot of the fans were. I remember at the shop, people were just like, "Oh my god, oh my god, no!" Yeah, yeah. yeah I Sorry. remember when those were coming. And actually, if you remember, uh, at the shop, we had a ton of this Detective Comics annual yeah. for the longest time. Now they're they're from what I understand, they're becoming harder to find. These mm. these Elseworlds annuals. Um, mm. I don't know that 
for a fact, I haven't started looking, but yeah, from what I hear, they're becoming difficult to find. As well as the follow-up annuals two years later, when they did the whole series of what they called the Legends of the Dead Earth annuals in 96. So it was, again, it was the same concept. Every book had an annual that was something different, but Legends of the Dead Earth was future stories. It could be 10 years in the future for that character. It could be 50 years. It could be thousands of years in the future. Oh, wow, okay. Um, just depends on what they, they decide to do. At the time, they certainly were not technically Elseworlds tales. I think since then they have retroactively said that that is part of the Elseworlds line. Didn't DC do a one million years later storyline too? There that was. was canon? Oh, that yeah. is canon though, so, because that's one mil- characters from the year one million who come back and it was like a crossover crisis event yeah, where they interacted yeah. with the characters of that time period, of the, of the modern day at that time. Okay. So yeah, that is canon, whereas these aren't necessarily these legends of the dead earth we're just going back to like maybe using this as testing fodder like oh let's see a thousand years from now okay well again could be a million back okay especially by the mid 90s especially by then when you're trying to swamp the market as they were with everything at that time it could have very easily been testing ground well i mean think of it this way we we mentioned uh, spider verse earlier and even though you mentioned spider girl the breakout character of spider verse was actually the introduction of Spider-Gwen. Ghost Spider, please. Mm-hmm. Well, now she's now, going by yeah. Ghost Spider, but what back then name. it was Spider-Gwen. Yes. And I can guarantee you that had that one issue that she appeared in, the Edge of Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. if people hadn't gone crazy for that character, she probably just would have been shuffled into the multiverse and maybe brought back for a, for a story here or there. But because she's so popular, again, testing out new stuff, Mm-hmm. She became so popular. Well, of course we're going to give her her own book. But then you also get, you, you start Gwenizing everything, such as Gwenpool, Gwenum, and Wolva any, Gwen. Uh, Wilva, Wolva Gwen, <laughs> Nova Gwen, Vision Gwen. X Gwen. I could go Gwen. I could, keep on, you, I could go Gwen. Hawk Gwen. I could I'm keep on Gwenning. Hashtag I could go Gwen. I could go Gwen. I mean, that's what she Marvel wants blonde. you to believe, but the real breakout star of Spider-Verse, and we're just going to side here, is Lady Spider, the steampunk Spider-Woman. She was the real breakout star to me. Carry on, please. Okay, then. But yes, it could have been used as testing ground, you know, and and some of it has now worked its way into DC continuity, both pre-Flashpoint, 52, and Rebirth. Obviously, during Infinite Crisis, I think Smurfy and I were working together at the time that that was coming out at the at the shop, and uh, that was such a huge story, and it was almost as big as the original Crisis. Another retcon that DC does, because they have to do it every five to ten years, it seems. And this time, they brought the multiverse back, then they destroyed the multiverse, then they created a finite multiverse of 52 worlds. And they comprised this... Yeah, not really a multiverse. <laughs> well, it is multi. Multi. It's just not infinite. Right. It's just finite the, now. The finite multiverse. <laughs> it's the finite multiverse. We're going to have There's a finite crisis. There's 16 places, don't go to 17. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of. Like is we have a finite crisis 52, here. that's it. But they started pulling some of the more popular Elseworlds books and saying that they now inhabit various worlds. And some of those have stayed even through even through Rebirth. So, yeah, you know, they, they could have been workshopping things and seeing, oh, well, everybody loves Batman as a vampire. Let's make that this world. And Gotham by Gaslight is this world. And Red Sun. 
And Red Sun is Red this Sun's world, yeah. There was a brief resurgence in 2010 of Elseworlds. Dan Didio at DC wanted to bring it back and started with Superman, The Last Family of Krypton, mm. where the entire L family escapes and oh, wow. comes to Earth, and Jor-El is your focal character, and, and they're kind of like the first family of Earth or something. I, I haven't read it. I have no idea, but... And they and, and Jor-El was adopted by Martha. And by, yeah. Yes, right, <laughs> and, and, and grew up as brothers with Clark and yeah, Bruce. Obviously, yeah, yeah, great. Before Good splitting into green and red and blue, and yeah. But yeah, no, I I guess the the reception on that book was okay, but I guess it didn't sell enough, and Elseworlds has kind of been dead ever since. Marvel's Alterniverse. So the other thing that you know I think is important to mention when you're talking about what ifs and Elseworlds is that Marvel, Marvel and DC are always copying one another. What? Right. Yes. Um, yes. No. I'm sorry. Don't I'm act sorry. like you're surprised. Ha, right. Sorry you know, to, to break you, it to you. you. Yeah, you yeah. caught me. You <laughs> caught me. I was feigning that. You got me. Um, yeah, yeah. They're always copying. You know, if if Marvel has a success with this, DC is going to do it. If DC has a success with that, Marvel's going to do it. It happens all the time. And of course, it happened again with the Elseworld stuff, where Marvel wanted to copy. What I discovered was that they did actually start something of their own Elseworlds. It would be separate from what ifs. It would be separate from their alternate realities that connect with everything, and it was called the Alterniverse. Hmm. And it actually had a name. It actually had a name. There are only three books that I could find that were printed under that banner. Hmm. Punisher Kills the Marvel Universe okay. was okay. an Alterniverse. Yeah. Okay. Wow. The Last Avengers Story, if you guys have ever read that, which is a pretty, pretty cool-looking no. book. I, I've never read it. It looks very cool. Hmm. Okay. That's part of it. And the one that, that is my favorite and is probably the darkest, is Ruins. Ruins is probably the most messed up Elseworlds, what-if, alternative story you've ever heard of. It's it's a two-issue story. It's fully painted, and it came on the heels of Marvels. Do you guys ever read Marvels? Yes, I actually know yes. what you're, exactly what you're talking about. Yes, yeah, I it have was, read it, Ruins. I yeah. literally read Marvel Into Ruins. Into yeah. Ruins. It was yeah. a two-issue series, and it is messed up. That Wolverine Jean Grey stuff? That is, yeah, that's and and he's got like the the adamantium poisoning in his skin. He's, he's just like, yep, and yep. he's always scratching his his hands. Yeah, it's like the major what if Marvel went on its ear, or or came out of DC's dark multiverse. Like it is some ate up stuff. Banner gets hit by the gamma bomb, and he ends up turning into something that looks like Stripe at the end of Gremlins, after he gets hit with the with the water and he jumps out of the water and he's like pussing and yeah. bubbling and yeah banner looks like that and dies yeah it's Zack snyder's marvels i actually wrote that down two days ago <laughs> been dying to use it ever since <laughs> it's a it's a fun read it's a depressing as hell read but it's a fun read and i i'm trying to remember i think Professor X ends up becoming the president. He's President X, and Wilson Fisk is a warden of some, uh, I don't know if it's the raft or something like that, some high-end mm -hmm. prison that that's where they keep all the mutants. Like Quicksilver had his arms and legs removed so that he couldn't move. Yeah. Jeez. Warden Fisk had to remove Cyclops' eyes because they couldn't figure out how to stop the eye beams. So... When he was, you know, late teenager, they removed his eyes, and I mean, it is, 
It is a dark, dark book, <laughs> but it is gorgeous. It's beautifully painted. Yeah. It's it is beautiful, and it's very. But it's yet a very different style from Alex Ross. Yeah. So yeah, so those are the three that that kind of fit under the Alterniverse banner. There are other books and miniseries that that Marvel has done that you could consider Alterniverse. Uh, the most famous of those probably being Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, and Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe again. Right. Uh, I guess you'd also think uh, Earth X, wouldn't that? I mean, because that's a, uh, or is that more of an alternate future? I guess that would be, yeah. No, I guess that would kind of fit under under the Alterniverse thing because it hasn't ever Earth X has never actually crossed over with anything. True. Yeah, this is it a, has yeah. kept itself separate. It, it has kept itself. We've we've never gotten a character from Earth X showing up in present or, day Marvel, or even just yes. a random crossover like yeah. like Probably just never twenty ninety nine did back in the nineties. Like they just never crossed over. Right. So yeah, I guess that would kind of fit. There were also things. Did you guys ever hear of this series they were starting called the Millennial Visions? No. Would that include the Marvel Knights? Marvel Knights had a Millennial Visions. Okay. Yeah. But there were two X-Men Millennial Visions. There was one Marvel Knights and one Marvel Universe. I remember the X-Men ones, of course. They were they were one pages, uh, just a drawing of, of the team or whatever, and then a one-page text synopsis yeah. of what the idea would be. And that's it. It was basically like a pinup book. But they were kind of what-ifs. They were kind of the same idea. I, I did learn recently that apparently there were two or three of those worlds from the first X-Men one. Yeah. That the exiles visited. Okay. So no, that would that makes sense. So it is kind of like their kind of continuity, but only like two or three of them, not all of them. So it's it's weird. I'm I'm not quite sure where all those kinds of books fit. Yeah. Well, really doesn't really doesn't matter anymore technically because the multiverse where Marvel is concerned is completely out of whack. After secret after the secret wars after the secret Mm -hmm. wars, most of the multiverse has been destroyed. Part of it has been put back together by Mr. Fantastic and the Future Foundation and all of that, but it's still not what it used to be. Right, right. But I mean, they're even they're even creating new ones to, uh, today. As recently as October of 2018, they did a Halloween special, the Avengers Halloween special, which was I think five or six stories. I did not pick that up. How, uh, how I did. It? I did. I picked it up. Some of the stories are good. Some of the stories are terrible. Just oh, like no. you would, <laughs> just like any of the what ifs or else worlds. I yeah. mean, some of the else worlds are amazing, and some of them are just crap. Same thing with what ifs. Um, and May was the uh, Herald of Galactus. Fantastic. Now, see, I would read that. It, it was a good book. What if Aunt May got bit by the spider? I would read that. Yeah. I I read the most recent round kick your of butt what and ifs. Your pie. You know? mm-hmm. What if Aunt May just stayed dead and they didn't ruin the Spider-Man? Co- anyway. <laughs> Which time? Hmm. Yeah, really. Yeah. Which time should she have stayed dead? Fair enough. <laughs> so there, yeah. So there are so so many questions that can be asked with what ifs and else worlds. But that's kind of the the background that you're looking at of of the history. It starts in 1942 and and works its way up to now. Well, you talk about questions. That's a perfect segue into asking the audience a question. Hey, audience! <laughs> <laughs> terrific. Simply terrific. Uh, when it comes to alternate realities, are you an Elseworlds fan or are you a What If fan? Do you prefer unrelated but similar lines like Marvel's Earth X trilogy? Or DC's Just Imagine Stan Lee creating the DC Universe? I remember those, those were fun. 
Or do you prefer your alternate realities to be more connected to continuity like Age of Apocalypse, Mutant X, or the DC Multiverse? Let us know. Head on over to our website at mybigfatpolis.com and tell us what you think. Favorite Elseworlds. So if we go down a list of kind of favorites, and I, you know, I don't, these are favorites kind of compiled by various different sites I found online and ones that are most famous and then a few that I personally picked because right. I, I thought they were cool. Obviously, number one is Kingdom Come. That's a good one. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I read that. That one's pretty awesome. It's a, it's a competent story with gorgeous artwork. Yeah, that no, Alex Ross painting. Does not, yeah. no, I mean, is it considered an Elseworlds story or just a alternate universe story? That's a good question. Technically, I think it's alternate universe. Yeah, it well, might be future. I, mean, yeah. I guess mm-hmm. right. No, but it, that's like they don't label. It's not labeled as Elseworlds. Right. Well, and it depends on what happened after the fifty-two and Rebirth, because when they did that, you remember that Kingdom? They yeah. did that Kingdom miniseries that came out that was like a sequel. Yeah, I have them both. Do you? Um, yeah, paper huh. I never, I never got the Alex, sequel. Alex Ross hand painted all the like every scene, right? Right for right. for the first one. Yeah, the first, first one. Oh, the yeah. one looked looked that same style. I guess they were drawn, but it's kind of that same style. Well, the second one was like five or six different. Miniseries or one shots. Maybe I didn't read. It. Maybe I bought it already. I definitely read the <laughs> okay. first one because I know I have them both at home. And the and that second one, like it basically said that it was another Earth, right. where all of this took place on, and they they started to bring characters over. Like I think the Kingdom Come Superman eventually ended up joining the Jeff Johns JSA run. Because he was older and he had the right. and that's the black, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where the black uniform from Grace Ibrons first came from. Was that? Book. Well, wasn't wasn't Kingdom Come Superman part of Infinite Crisis? Yeah, he was the one who they showed flying in. No, with the Superman. Are you no, sure? Infinite Old Man Superman. Oh, that was that was Superman from Action Comics number one. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when we can get into that, when know, we go into the whole history, yes, yeah. we're actually there. Were, there would be an upcoming episode of us t- touching on. Multiple timelines, alternate futures, and things like that. Be on the lookout for that episode because it's going to blow your mind. It may even end up being a, a multi-parter it, because it because is it's yeah there it's are a pretty so many huge, stretched out yeah. over comic book history. It's yeah. not even funny. But yes, no the the Superman in Infinite Crisis was a Superman from Action Comics oh, okay. number one. Okay, yeah, I feel smarter. Uh, I've learned, learned something. something. So yeah, so I don't know. I, I guess I guess you're probably right. Kingdom Come probably would be considered, but I don't know if that world survived. After after Flash, they it's never do. It's not talked about. It. It's Sorry, their Earth it's, X. It's, yeah. it's fifty three. They're like it's, it's there. <laughs> yeah, that sort was of. Earth fifty three, and we right. can only afford fifty two. Right, the one we don't talk about. Just didn't make it. And then there's you know Smurfy. I think you brought brought it up. I, I think it was you. The uh, Superman Red Sun, mm-hmm. where uh, Kal El's rocket crash lands in the Ukraine, and he becomes a USSR hero. I've never read it. Did you read it? I did not. I I think I flipped through it at the shop. Did you? No, I, you know what? About it. Honestly, I think I have because also Batman's in there and he's got the um the hat. Yeah, um, yes. yeah. So yeah, yeah, I have mm-hmm. read it. it. I thought it was a fun Elseworlds. I've heard I've heard it's pretty good. Yeah. I've never actually read yeah. it. My favorite, again, not a big surprise, is the Justice Riders, which is the Justice League as cowboys, of, kind of like the Magnificent Seven, only yeah. as as the Justice League. One of the most famous ones is something called JLA the Nail. I've just bought this. I haven't read it yet. They did two of them. They were three issues each, the nail and then another nail. And the premise of this was, in three issues time frame, retelling the history of the DC Universe as if the Kents never picked up the baby. 
They couldn't because the car ran over a nail and they had a flat tire. Oh. So this one nail has altered the events of, of DC forever because there is no Superman. Now there's still a Kal-El who is picked up by, you know, authorities from what I understand some sort of probably like a Star Labs or Cadmus or somebody like that. But like I said, I haven't read it yet. But uh, it, it sounds very interesting to see a, a DC world where he is not the front-runner superhero that, that gives everybody hope. I don't mm. know if that's Batman or Wonder Woman. or I would assume Power Girl. You would assume Power Girl? I would assume Power yeah. Girl. Yeah. Over Booster Gold? Yeah. yeah. Elongated <laughs> man. All right, Green Lantern had his due, but, you know, it's time. <laughs> Stars and Stripes all the way. Then there's the Vampire Trilogy. The Batman Vampire Trilogy, which is Red Rain, Bloodstorm, and Crimson Mist, where Batman has become a vampire to, to fight Dracula. Because you know, to fight a monster, you must be. I guess a so. Monster. Yeah, exactly. Should have been a Frankenstein said. One of the best ones, if you guys can find it, is called Speeding Bullets. And that's the one where Kal El's rocket crash lands in Wayne Manor. So the Waynes never have a baby. They raise this little adopted alien baby as their son Bruce so it's Kal-El in the alley when the parents get killed so if you figure you're a five to eight year old kid in the alley and you just watched your parents get gunned down and your powers manifest he fries him yeah Yeah. he fries him so he's Batman he wears the Batman costume but he has Superman's powers powers. that's cool cool yeah it's a very cool book very cool Batman the Darkest Night. That's where Abin Sor crashes in Wayne Manor. Okay. And Bruce Wayne gets the ring. Huh. That I think the Bat Guardians Lantern. Yeah. The Guardians end up giving figure. rings to uh Superman, Flash, and Wonder Woman. And basically the Justice League become the new core or something, mm. if I remember right. Mm. Could have done worse. The Golden Age, which is the JSA's probably most famous Else Worlds, where uh it deals with Kind of the end of the JSA era and the end of the the forties going into the fifties and McCarthyism and all this kind of stuff and it, it the demise of the superhero. Um, okay, it's a, it's supposed to be a very famous. The one that I am most interested in reading and and Mister X, I think you might be interested in this one as well, is what I call the silent film trilogy. There are three books: Superman Metropolis, Batman Nosferatu, and Wonder Woman: The Blue Amazon. And all three are connected. They all play off of the silent films. So, obviously, Superman plays off of Fritz Lang's Metropolis, which was the inspiration for calling his city Metropolis anyway. Right, right. Batman is both the cabinet of Dr. Caligari and Nosferatu mixed together with Batman. Oh, that's cool. The Wonder Woman one is the Blue Angel and Dr. Mabuse the Gambler. I haven't seen either of those films or yeah. even know those films. But, no, I'm completely um, lost in this whole, in this whole bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, you know, I, I've i never read any of them, so I don't know how they, how good they are. You know, there, there are a lot of various different uh, Elseworlds, and obviously we don't have time to go through all of them. No, but, no of course not. But you do. You, do. out there. The person who doesn't have headphones listening on a subway. Yeah. Not our favorite kind of person, but as long as you're listening, we'll like you all the same. And we want to know, what are some of your favorite Elseworld stories? Are they any of the ones that we've listed, or are they some of the ones that we did not list? Head on over to our website and let us know. Favorite what-ifs. Obviously, with 219 issues, we can't go through all the what-ifs. We can't mention all of them. I've not read all of them. I don't, I'm don't. i sure someone out there has read all of them. I, I don't know. I picked 
the stuff that looked most interesting to me or the things that I've read most recently and the more most fresh in my mind. Right, right. One of them, uh, I think somebody actually mentioned this earlier, maybe maybe Smurfy or Pistol. I'm sure it was Smurfy. He's 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 really good at topical things. Yes. Is he? No. <laughs> How dare you. What if number 19 was what if Peter Parker had stopped the burglar? What if he had saved Uncle Ben, essentially? He ends up becoming a celebrity. And they've used that several different times yes. in uh, uh, House of M. House of M, House of M went that example. way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, Peter continued to be the celebrity that he was starting to be. He just wasn't an asshole about it. And he stopped the burglar, so Uncle Ben was never killed. I think... Of course, Uncle Ben died of old age. But he still has with great power comes great payday. I think there was a there was an issue of the volume volume what if volume two that did the same story that expanded on it. They they do that one all the time. It's an easy one to go to the well to. Right. Another easy one to go to the well to is what if Gwen Stacy had lived? Mm -hmm. Big question. Always always want to know what what would have what could have been. Did she become Spider Gwen? Did she become? Ghost Spider, Spider Ghost, whatever. It's, it's that. such a terrible name. Wolfie Gwen. With such Wolfie a Gwen. good story and great background character. Well, no, when she... you really think about it, if she would have lived, mm-hmm. she would have stayed with Peter. Mm-hmm. But would she have stayed with Peter? I mean, did she have the staying power that Mary Jane had? Well, I mean, she would have had came... Norman's kid. I will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> terrible Spider-Man canon. I will tell you what happened oh? if she did not die. Please. Because she doesn't die in that moment, but during that time, Osborne knows who Parker is. Peter and Gwen go off and get married. In the meantime, Osborne sells Spider-Man's identity to Jameson, who calls the authorities, and then Gwen and Peter live on the run for the rest of their life. That's that's how the yeah. What If book did it. Wow. Wow. That's not right. He <laughs> doesn't want Spider-Man arrested. He wants pictures of Spider-Man. It was a little bit of a Jewish you made, you sound. Made it was weird Jameson to transition to that. <laughs> I brought him in at the end. Bring me the Spider-Man and a bagel. <laughs> Some locks. There's one that uh, I've always thought was interesting. Uh, I've always wanted to read. What if the new X-Men had died on yeah. their very this first mission? This was actually my very first what if. Really? Volume 2, number Volume 9. Volume 2, number 9. Uh, because of the cover. The cover sure. is, is, oh man. And we'll have uh, we'll have pictures to most of these issues that we talk about. Uh, over on our Facebook, our Twitter, and our Instagram accounts, if people want to check them out, the the cover is just it's Professor X crying and screaming out in in agony of uh, he's killed all of his students, and there's a giant memorial behind him, and you've got Beast pushing him in the wheelchair, and it's just so heartbreaking. So I'm I'm like, oh my god, what happened? So so I bought it. I ended up buying it, and instead of everybody getting off of Krakoa. Before it's shot into space, nobody gets off the island. So the original X-Men and the new, the all-new, all-different X-Men, all of them shot up into space to save the world from Krakoa, the island that walks like a man. So what happens is is that Xavier is just completely beside himself. He can't handle it anymore. But a new generation of mutants is being formed, and it ends up... Uh, some of them are New Mutants characters, like Wolfsbane. Uh, Beast leaves the Avengers to come back and, and help Xavier, and they form a new pseudo-team f- of X-Men. Just not the X-Men you know, because it's a what-if. Yep. Oh, my God. Scared you, didn't 
So now my favorite what if, the, and probably I think the first what if I ever read, was uh, number 11 from volume two, which is what if the Fantastic Four all had the same powers? It's four different stories. Four different stories. And in each story, like in the first story, they come back from the mission and they can all stretch. They're all stretching. Okay. And oh, in the okay. second one, they're all invisible. And okay. the third one, they're all on fire. And just how how it affects things as as it goes. The fourth one was the one that always messed me up, though. They come back, and of course, the thing is the thing. He looks like the thing. The other three turn into thing-like creatures, except Sue, who, for some reason, turns into the man-thing, even though <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever, but she looks just like the man-thing. She's made out of grass. And, and she, yeah. Because she is a female, right. she doesn't turn into rock, she turns it's into moss and grass. And grass. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but what if that happened? Well, apparently she can't talk, and they (laughs) end up just living in the swamp together, the four of them. Like, they just go off and live in the swamp with her. Like Shrek. It was was really weird. Just like Shrek with Donkey. Great job. (laughs) Uh, Let me just piggyback off that. One of my favorite what-ifs is, what if Doctor Doom became the Sorcerer Supreme? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I read a couple of them, but none more stick with me than that one. Because of the ending moments. And spoiler alert, it's Dr. Doom, in his quest to save his mother, becomes a Sorcerer Supreme. Um, and I know what you're asking. Well, what about Stephen Strange? What, is, what happens to him? Stephen Strange, when he shows up with his hands broken, Doom lops off his hands and gives him Doom hands. Robot hands to work better at surgery. And in the end, shenanigans, obviously, as there <laughs> are to be, Doom dies fighting Dormammu. And the surgeon who's operating to try and save Doom but ultimately fails is Dr. Stephen Strange. But because he has mechanical hands, he is unable. Well, that's not the reason why, but because he has mechanical hands, he's not able to have fingerprints, which is why Doom, with his dying breath, tells all the Doombots in the area to abduct Strange, put the mask on his face, overwrite his brain to turn him back into Doom, and then that's where it ends. Jesus. Doom's like, plan number six to stay alive forever. Wow. I'll just overwrite Stephen Strange's whole life and do And take back, over. Yeah. Wow. Kind of a superior Spider-Man thing going on yep. there, in a sense. Yeah. yeah. Superior Doom. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Superior Strange. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wanted to read that one. That's a classic oh, cover. It's got a great cover. Yes. Yeah, standing there with his yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is weird because he actually doesn't really fight them. They're actually more allies because in this, I guess, Doom really never has the explosion to, to hate Mister Fantastic. Yeah, but you see that. That's, well, that's why the covers are all those things that always. Yeah, grab I say you, you got to. Yeah. In fact, the next one that I was going to have on the list is a completely misleading cover. I just read this one in the last couple of days. I had never read it before. It's number uh, 69. What if Strife killed the X-Men? So it's a, it's a play on how the Executioner song plays out. Okay. Right. right. See, this is one I've never, I've never read. I, I just read it recently, and it starts off pretty interesting. You know, I mean, the first couple issues of, of Executioner song are still pretty much how things go. And then it starts to deviate. And I say it's misleading because, yes, Strife kills, I think, maybe two or three people in it but really it's the virus the legacy virus right right ends up killing charles okay in it oh 
And okay. as a result, the X-Men are pissed at Apocalypse because the legacy virus didn't work. It didn't help the problem. It didn't solve things. So they end up starting a huge fight with them, with Apocalypse and, and his crew. Meanwhile, there's Sabretooth and a bunch of others that come in, and they're starting shit on a third level that didn't really make a whole lot of sense. I was like, why are these guys coming in? I don't, I don't get this. But, but what happens is, throughout the story, Apocalypse essentially kills everyone during the battle. As he Cable, should. as 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 he would, and Cable ends up convincing Strife to switch sides. So at the end, Strife and Apocalypse kill each other in battle, and then Cable takes over running the X Men, and it's basically members of X Force and X Factor are the new X Men plus Rogue and Gambit. Everybody else is dead. Gotta have that um, summon bell. So it, it, it was an interesting what if, and it was interesting the way things played out, but seeing as how the cover says what if Strife had killed right, the X, yeah. that's not exactly what happens yeah. in the book. <laughs> See, I don't like, this, I don't like the, the misleading titles. Yeah, I mean, the literal purpose is a what if, so it's like, well, what if Apocalypse killed the X-Men would have been just as good. It would have been just as interesting, yeah. and you, right. you, you wouldn't have had to change anything. Yeah. yeah. I remember one of the other big ones that I always loved was what if Legion had killed Magneto. Oh. Yeah, instead of instead, instead of, of Xavier, Xavier, yeah, yeah, negating the age of apocalypse. Yeah, and it it creates a bizarre world where mutants are not feared and hated ever, and X Men are celebrity superheroes just on the same level as the Avengers and the FF. Eventually, Apocalypse does show up and starts laying waste to things, but because events did not go the way they did before there was no magneto so there was no attack in issue one so eventually as they grew up gene and scott retired and they you know raise a family in in the mountains of montana or colorado or something and wolverine never joined the x-men i'm not quite sure why that affected it but he never joins the x-men and at the end having having joined this anti-human resistance force that was um, building. And mm. and I'm not quite sure why he was there. And also it looked like Charles, who had died earlier in the book, was leading this, this new brotherhood, I guess, almost, with Gideon and I forget who else was there. Jeez. Yeah, it, w- it was a very strange book, and it's yeah. certainly not how I would have played things out, but um, but interesting nonetheless. I always enjoyed because they did it, they did it both ways. It was, what if the Hulk had killed Wolverine? Yeah. During their you know their classic first meeting, mm-hmm. and then of course there's always the flip side one as well. What if Wolverine had killed the Hulk? Those were always fun books. But another another one that is very kind of misleading is, uh, and this is before they had the 10 year anniversary for Age of Apocalypse. There was a what if issue. What if the Age of Apocalypse continued? And the story was just so that they could get Galactus to come to Earth. Because now it's the coming of Galactus, only it's the Age of Apocalypse universe. I'm kind of interested in a a fight between uh, Galactus and Apocalypse. That that sounds like a fun fight But the thing is is that the art was so horrible, you couldn't Uh, tell what was going on. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. It was very tough to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Well... That really doesn't seem like a what like a what if scenario. More of like a hey writers, 
You know what I mean? That, that it's really, more of a what else. Yeah. Like, like what, what else, else happened after yeah, Age of Apocalypse? That, that's a better way yeah. of saying it. Yeah. yeah. For, so for me, you guys already hit all the ones that I liked. The okay. only one you didn't make is, for whatever reason, sticks in my head is what if Civil War? I don't know why it stuck in my head. I know. It was what if like. That, there, was, one of, like, that was one of the event ones. Yeah. There was yeah. like four yeah. or five different right. scenarios. But the, but the cover that. the cover was stuck in my head because it was Iron Man in the armor holding Cap Shield. Mm. And you were just like, hmm. And it was like, what if Ka- what if Iron Man's team won? Like just flat out won. Mm. And it was like, hey, registration is going into effect. Oh. And so, yeah. So, like, it was kind of a cool read. And so that cover was always burnt in my skull where I was just like, man, like, what if that happened? And that that's, that's things the around. thing about what ifs. It's those covers. Those right. covers of the things that really grab you mm-hmm. and make you go, ooh, I, I, I've asked yeah, this I wanna question. Know. Yeah. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know what love is. What? Yeah. What well, what else? What else could we ask you, the audience, oh. to tell us? What are some of your favorite what if stories? Let us know. Head on over to the website. Go to Facebook. Go to Instagram. Maybe try the Twitter. Everybody loves the Twitter. Let us know what your favorite what ifs are. Outside of Elseworlds and what ifs. So there, there are a small handful of. Elseworlds books. I don't think any of these fall under the the what if banner, but there are a small handful of what el- uh, of Elseworlds books that are company crossovers. Obviously, there's been lots of company crossovers: Marvel and DC, DC and universe. Image, yeah. Amalgam ended up doing. Yeah, like there's there's lots of different ones, but but some of them actually have actually Elseworlds have an Elseworlds tag. logo. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, the Batman Captain America one, mm, yeah, is the one that I remember the most. Uh, where it's in the 40s, and they fight in World War II together, and, you know, Cap gets frozen, and when he thaws out at the end, he's greeted by Batman and a new Robin, and it turns out that Grayson has grown up and taken over as Batman, and Bruce's nephew is now Robin. Robin. Uh, I don't know... (laughs) <laughs> where Bruce's brother came okay. from, or sister, to give him a nephew, but his his nephew is now. I think we already established that Superman is his. Brother, oh, that's right. So, yeah. Yeah. so that's where it comes from. Yeah, <laughs> Superman, Batman, brothers. The Daredevil Batman crossovers are both Elseworlds. Okay, both both of them are Elseworlds books. The the DC one and the one that Marvel printed. Huh. Because the one is a sequel to the other. Even even though I think the Marvel one doesn't actually carry. The Elseworlds logo. Okay. Okay. Um, but those are those are Elseworlds. But even with with Dark Horse, Batman and Tarzan is an Elseworlds. It's not just a crossover. Huh. It is an Elseworlds. Superman and Tarzan is an Elseworlds. So what about uh, like Batman. Batman and Spawn? Or that is not an Aliens Elseworlds. From Predators. Nope. Those not are not Elseworlds. Okay. I mean, Elseworlds. if That's these fair. are, are in my officially yes, Elseworlds. right. They're, 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 they're crossover. We're all doing, you can't yeah. see we're all doing quotes. We're, we're all doing air quotes. <laughs> it's great. Like a bunch of hipsters. You're here with us. <laughs> the last one that was done that is a official Elseworlds book, but is a crossover, was Planetary meets JLA, Terra Occulta. Wow. Which okay. I I never read. I was a huge fan of Planetary. Loved it. I don't know why I missed out on that for some reason, but um, I, I, I'm very interested in, in checking it out. Well, I mean, I, I guess what you really can do is any of the crossovers, whether they be good or bad, you could always consider them a part of the Elseworlds concept. Because I've read, I've read a, a lot of great crossovers that are not a part of the Elseworlds. Green Lantern, Star Trek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think they did two of those. There was Green Lantern, Star Trek. Held. They did Star Trek, Planet of the Apes. 
That's right. Yeah, they're doing Star Trek Transformers right Star now. Star Trek yep. Transformers. Didn't they do Star Trek X Men as well? They did. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Here's an interesting one that I, that just popped in my head: uh, Invincible Spider Man. Because if my memory serves correctly, Invincible it's canon in his universe, but in the Marvel universe, it's just it's not. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where Invincible shows up? Invincible showed up in one issue of the I want to say the last or maybe second to last iteration of Marvel Team Up. Because it okay, was being yes. written That's by, right. by yes. Robert yes. Kirkman. I forgot about Fair that. Enough. Robert yes. Kirkman was writing that. a yes. book. Okay. Yeah. And and yes, you are correct. Invincible does show up mm-hmm. in the Marvel Universe. To make fun of us. For that one little section. Yes. But it also ties into his own book because he was traveling to he was traveling throughout alternate universes trying to get back to his world because mm-hmm. he was fighting a bad guy whose power was to travel the multiverse and steal oh, technology. His head. And, so well not officially a what if or even an alterniverse kind of is the same kind of concept. Yeah. yeah, yeah, basically, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've had a lot of knowledge dropped on us today. I'm looking forward to actually digging out some of my old what-ifs and elseworlds. I hope you at home are eager to go through your collection or maybe head out to the comic store and look for look for some of the older stuff. If you want to try the newer stuff, go ahead. That's that's your decision, but I don't think it, it, it does not get better than the classic stuff. Go for that volume two stuff, folks. But until next time, unless somebody else has something else to say. I just want to say to remember to all the people going out there that comic stores are essentially libraries. Please feel free to take your time and read all the comics in the store that you can. Everybody loves that, and they love you for it. And I hope by now any listener who has stuck with this show knows that anything that comes out of Pistol's mouth is absolute crap. So until next time, I'm Mr. X. Pistol Danger. I'm Smurfy. And I'm Dr. Impact. And we'll see you next time. That's our show, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe on the podcast listening app of your choice. What he means is download and subscribe on every app possible. Have comments, questions, suggestions for future shows? Reach out to us at our website at mybigfatpulllist.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, keep your web fluid sticky. Your batarangs sharp. Ouch. And your space guns charge. That's not a space gun. That's Megatron. Doctor Strange's new Elseworlds. Yeah. Those are not the words that I want you to say. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm just kind of Ghostbusters riffing it, you know. Thanks, Mr. Feig. Favorite what ifs? Nope. See, that was a question. Favorite what ifs? Don't know what you're doing there. <laughs> Giggly now. Favorite what ifs? Nope. It's too hard. (laughs) You know, the thing is, though, is that you said it perfectly before you had to compose yourself, so I'll just use that one. Or you can just be like, favorite what ifs. Favorite what ifs? No, you don't. (laughs) 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 Favorite what ifs. Favorite what ifs. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. (laughs) Give the gun a harumph.